episode, you'll hear artist Hannes Mel discuss his practice and what Hannes is doing. Uh, there are a handful of artists that I know of personally across the world are, are engaging with human beings on the level of consciousness, on the level of evolution. And I don't say this lightly. Hi, uh, today we're speaking with artist Hannes Bend. Is that correct how I pronounce your name? Yes, thank you. Hello. And tell us where you're from. Where were you born and where you grew up? I grew up in Norway and Germany and was born close to Hamburg and actually grew up in tiny little villages of two to three hundred people. So very rural. Wow. Wow. I mean, <laughs> you know, there was a report out recently about the best places to raise kids. I think America was number 15 or 16 or 18 or somewhere down there. And uh, Norway and uh, I can't remember, I think Denmark and one other, Sweden were up there like the top one, two, three. So uh, you, you probably lived a very great, safe, healthy childhood. Um, yeah, I would say so. I had birth trauma, so until that was resolved in my, or not resolved, but until I, I dealt with those, um, cons, with the impact that had, but my childhood was, yeah, it was like nice. I, I, I never felt, well, I was bullied at school, but I never felt threatened in, in like everyday life, or I didn't, didn't exp, I, I had to learn about, um, anti-Semitism and racism only much later. Um, but it was also very homogenous there, so. Um, what I'm about curious. birth trauma? Um, I had a, um, I almost died at birth and I um, was diagnosed with mild cerebral palsy. So I was supposed to not be able to, to walk. Um, and, uh, and, uh, but my parents were advised to do a very rigorous physiotherapy called the Voita method. So I could mm -hmm. learn how to walk. Um, so my parents were kind of doing that on a daily basis for almost the first year of my life and uh, help me help my brain kind of connect with the muscle parts and different body parts. So I was able to learn to walk, but I was crying every day because of the pain of the physiotherapy. And so as wow. a mother, you probably can imagine the how, wow. how impactful that must have been for my parents. And, um, and uh, I don't have any That's conscious memory you. about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, my parents... My father still can't hear a baby cry when, because, um, because it reminds him of back then. But, but yeah, so in, but then they, they provided me a very safe childhood and a very nice, um, home somewhere in this little village. I had a lot of nature around me and, and kind people. But well, when uh, you yeah, say that anti Semitism, <clears throat> yes. And, and when you grew up, you said you found out about things like anti Semitism, but you're not Jewish, are you? No, I'm not. No, no. Just like yeah. just the notion that people judge each other based on where they're coming from or how they look like. That was it was something I had to learn later because my 
parents and the environment I grew up in wasn't that wasn't a, a thing so yeah yeah well tell us then how you developed and got out of that 300 uh, town situation <laughs> to this to this like what 18 I don't know how many people are in New York now like 10 million people yeah, city right. or something yeah it depends yeah, on how the did suburbs you get here? or something <clears throat> um mm-hmm. I was I lived in Berlin for 10 years the mm-hmm. second largest Turkish city in the world. Just kidding. <laughs> no, it's like I'm, ju- I'm joking with my Turkish. I was no, but it's joking true, with my. By the way. Yeah, I was joking <laughs> with my Turkish friends. They said, "Oh, what is it, Ankara?" And I say, "No, it's Berlin," um, because there's so many <laughs> Turkish people. Um, so I lived there for ten years. Yeah. And then, and then I got an artist visa here, so I've been here for about ten years. Mm-hmm. And um, then they gave me a green card here. So mm-hmm. um, I kept staying here. Yeah. Yes. So, and tell us I, now what your practice yeah. looks. Well, go ahead. But you tell me. But you. My practice. Um. But, well, I. No, I but tell very, me what you were gonna say. Yeah. No. I. I think uh, I was always a very. I was always been very curious. So Berlin was interesting, but it was also kind of homogenous and a little bit removed from maybe a lot of problems the rest of the world has. And and I was curious to come here to the U.S. and I could also expand my creative and curious endeavors, I guess, just to look at what what does it mean to be a human being and an artist in this world, and how can I be of service and contribute to to a more humane world and a better place. So that's I think what I was able to work more on here. Because in Berlin, it was just a lot of art world centric practice and kind of mm-hmm. fitting into what gallerists might want to see or curators might want to see and who you know and so. And in mm-hmm. the end, I think the art world, I, I found at least like the commercial aspects of it is a very hyper capitalistic world. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. literally, and we, we were just talking before this call like, briefly on like legality things. I think. One artist mentioned to me the art world is um, the only place where you can legally do insider trading and market manipulation and a lot of things. And it's really true. <laughs> and so there's a, a lot of like that. And I, I've seen so much of that. And you can even write about it anywhere. And, and it's well known. And um, nobody yeah. nobody would be held accountable because there's no laws regulating that. And it's very sad in that sense because I think there's a lot of good artists out there who are not getting the recognition because they're they're not interested in that kind of um, market dynamic, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and so here I, I don't know for, I I got some supports with some grants, art science grants, and now I'm at the New Ink Incubator, which is the only museum-led incubator program in the world, maybe from the New Museum mm-hmm. in Soho. So I'm working out of there almost every day, which is a great mm-hmm. program, and then. Yeah, and then I have different mediums I work with, but I'm always very interested in how how an artwork can help somebody see reality in a different way, and how how an art practice can also um, yeah make bridge more connections between well-being and and humans and the planet. Well, I really, really, really love that, and I'll tell you why later. But tell us exactly what you're doing now. What does your artwork look like? What does your practice look like what are you doing every day when you wake up and you go out there i mean i have an idea but let's have the listeners hear it too yeah 
Well, right now I'm I'm working on a long-term art project, but um, I'm also running a company um, as part of that. It's kind of interesting that I, I I would almost consider the the art the business could be just very you know productive on its own. It's called Breathing.ai, and it offers mm-hmm. stress-reducing technologies to people. So when you look at a screen, that the colors, the brightness, the fonts are right now not changing but our technology learns how to change it based on biometrics so we use a smartphone camera and um or the webcam to detect heart rate or neurological activities basically how how our nervous system works and then seeing when you're texting for instance what if our app would be installed or our interfaces um it would learn like on a chat app what colors or what brightness would be more calming for you you know so you write a text and then maybe sometimes it's gray maybe sometimes it's blue or sometimes it's you know purple or something so whatever it is in that moment so that that's what our technology does but i'm working on this like a long term got a patent also for this so it's really extended for a few years now into the business and science and technology realm but i'm also that's part of a an art project i want to realize where you you have like a whole like two rooms the hours called heaven or hell and then you walk into a room and you have the whole room is kind of your own your nervous system's heaven in a way so you would have your heart rate detected your breathing patterns detected by our technology or by an ai technology machine learning artificial intelligence and then it would learn what's the most calming colors and visuals and audio and smells so you would be in one room where you have um you have a display of visuals of audio and smells that is most calming for your nervous system so it's like a whole mm. it's a whole like an installation a room where you would yeah you would just like have an have an experience that nobody else would have because it's your unique nervous system your unique mind body and then you could also have the opposite effect where it's just ai would learn what's the most stressful experience for you and then ex- display all of those very stressful images and visuals um, and audio for you. So that that's like well, that's... part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, so I'm working with AI, machine learning, and a lot of technologists on this. And it comes out of years of neuro- neuroscience research on meditation, on visual stimuli, which is part of an artist residency or a few artist residencies actually I've done in the past years, the past five years. and um, Part of as part of those, we developed a few virtual reality and augmented reality biofeedback <clears throat> projects, which I think were still kind of novel in technology as well as in art and science. So, um, but I didn't want to add any more screen time to people's lives or any any more Why? wearables. So, because uh, living here in New York, it's already so much, and I and I feel a lot of. I was like asking myself, what is an experience, um, art visitor like art people who consume art or like visit artworks and can have that is truly novel in terms of mediums and in terms of like what is what is novel within society and how can that help them expand their sense of reality and how can it help them to feel maybe more integrated and alive in this in this world and reality because i think that that notion of consumption is uh is very prevalent and in the hour where you go and you rate it, you judge it, like yes or no, and I like it or don't like it, and it gets consumed versus having an actual experience, which oftentimes 
resonates for you in artworks of Tino Segal or other artists where you go you go and you actually have a novel experience and it's there's a level of curiosity in there and um and yeah you might you might see and sense something in a way that you haven't sensed before and thereby maybe you connect more with with being alive and then afterwards maybe people have the motivation to do something kinder for each other and the planet because um, I did a lot of art projects on en environmental catastrophes in Miami and and a lot of other topics regarding like how how negatively the human species impacts this planet. But I I, I was oftentimes felt a little bit like cleaning up or so and informing mm -hmm. people about the negative consequences. So I I was came more drawn to what what I can actually do creatively and. Um, that helps people to to maybe do something about it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, in your day-to-day, -day, you often have these meetings with people. Uh, I know there these breathing exercises they do outdoors, sometimes in cold weather to warm you up, <laughs> and very often in touch with the earth. Maybe you can tell us about that. Oh yeah, <clears throat> so yeah, I I have a meetup group with over four hundred members called Breathe and Why, Breathe with an E, um, it's called Breathe and Why, healthy, happy, and harmonious, or so breath work. So I've um, trained with Wim Hof, the Iceman, who's the guy who can control his body temperature, and he, I think the first world records he set in front of the Rubin Museum in two thousand ten, in New York, where he was submerged in ice cubes up until his throat and he was able to maintain his body core body temperature for an hour so he was just literally in ice cubes and um and was totally fine afterwards and just had a little, wow. little bit of red skin i think <laughs> and um then what? he but he de he derived that also similar to um to a lot of other people who had trauma and depression and anxiety his wife passed away so he was alone with four kids in his 30s so he started to jump into cold water and learn different yogic and breathing practices. So I've, I've uh, done a lot of meditation and yoga for many years. I'm an instructor, so I do it on the side. I, I guided at WeWork headquarters, at Google, in offices, but also in preschool. So yesterday, actually, I was at a, um, at like a kind of a, for kids, for like, I think they were between two or six. So yesterday morning i was guiding it for um for some young kids and toddlers and uh mm -hmm. but i also do it in in elizabeth street garden with my meetup group and other places mm -hmm. and i've learned from wim hof and other people and i think it's just the deeper breathing oftentimes helps people just to feel feel more energized and then just like a, a letting go exhale would just like help us to release things so i found a lot of benefits for my own personal life so I've guided thousands of people mm -hmm. and museums as well, and so and all ages. So mm -hmm. I always lo love to share that those beautiful breathing techniques because, especially in New York, it's hard for people to go to a yoga class or a meditation class. It's somewhere else, and it takes another hour or yeah. two. But I think we can always we can always engage with our breathing. It's always mm -hmm. something that is available in every moment to help us feel feel better. So I yeah. I um, love to share those practices. And it's like so so easy for kids sometimes to pick it up, and I find it funny, and because they can um, sh um, change their feelings, which oftentimes adults mm -hmm. take them a while to get out of their mind and and kind of re-engage with their body and feel more embodied. Mm -hmm. But kids, they oftentimes, as you probably know, you know, 
they always want to be entertained, feel alive, and and change their emotions and feel good. So kids, when they do deep breathing, actually, it's very um, yeah, it's fun for them. So and then right, combining yeah. the breathing exercises with uh, animal noises and stuff like that, they like that. But adults like it too. So it's like it's yeah, I love to do that. <laughs> I can imagine it's fun. I mean, if I tell my son, let's go and meditate, he'll be resistant. He'll be like, no, no, no. But then if you oh. put it in the context of some playing, I'm sure he would be more open to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like the meditation because then it's kind of like not thinking something. But as soon as they do something and they feel they, they feel different and, and mm -hmm. they feel maybe a little bit lightheaded, they feel like more more alive, then, then it works. So there's different types of things. Um, I found out that they really enjoy and um, it's also time of the day sometimes they're just like too active <laughs> to get them to right, meditate right, or breathe right. to settle down but, right. but this is something I do more of a, of a workout with some kind of fun yoga exercise and then they get their workout and then yes. and then bringing them back to meditate at the end of the session and then I had beautiful mm -hmm. 5 to 10 minute like super silent meditations with literally toddlers with ADHD and um, diagnosed with ADHD. I mean, it's obviously like a weird label to have for them, but the, yeah, it's sometimes very beautiful to see, see how it can yes. work. Sure. Well, I like yeah. the idea too, when you bring the people outside, like in New York, even to Elizabeth street garden, because just connecting with a little bit of nature must help them as well with this whole breathing meditation, blah, blah, blah stuff and and that's why i wanted to speak to you about what you work on because um recently i was reminded that all of this art stuff at the end of the day you know it's something that we're channeling from the earth from the ether from spirit not just some ideas that come up out of our head out of nowhere and i think you know what we talked about in terms of commercialization and the art world and stuff like that that's the problem right there that nothing is coming out from spirit anymore but just these market manipulations which is again not art so mm. i mean it's, yeah, it's hard to yeah it's anyway i just wanted to add yeah, that it's hard to put a price on what you do it's what it puts a, it's hard to it put a price on your work it's, it's hard to oh, you know, you. You can, you, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to sell your stuff which is which is which yeah. which makes it no less art which makes it probably more art yeah Oh, thank you. Well, I do. I do have a photographic practice. Um, mm -hmm. So I last year I sold some photos that are kind of more mm -hmm. observing, but um, it's like a photo series. A few photo series I have with probably now tens of thousands of photos, and I have old mm -hmm. paintings. I'm I'm still selling, and they they mm -hmm. look very colorful. So they I was just, they were just at New Ink there installed for mm -hmm. a brief second. Um, so I do have materialized works in that sense, but I, I like what mm -hmm. you said about um, <clears throat> about the kind of disconnect because I think a lot of society and and just like highlighted in the art world is very disembodied in a way and very mind driven and a lot of people are not able to self regulate or just like feel there's like other you know other energetic sources or like we we are more aligned with the universe and than we think literally we only we, we reductively we reduced in thinking think um and reflect on so i i think a more embodied art practice creative practice and and artworks that open up more 
more perceptions to broader perceptions to people will will help and i do yeah so that's what got me into that actually just learning that oh i have more senses than you know those senses that are promoted in in everyday culture and like more i'm more than my visual sense i think a lot of this culture is very visual so there's like mm -hmm. in technology and in art it's just like the visual cortex of the brain instead of mm -hmm. you know integrating more the heart the nervous system we're one mm -hmm. of the few species that can become aware of our breathing of our heart rate of our internal organs like whales and dolphins which are arguably much smarter mm -hmm. than us because they take good care of mm -hmm. each other and end of the yeah. planet they they're very aware of their breathing and uh, nervous system and probably you know of like all kinds of electromagnetic fields that's also a sense we have there's literally science on that we have a sense for electromagnetic fields for the for the gravitational field of the earth obviously and so many other things that we were not trained in and i think we could tr train our kids and they would pick it up faster and we can train ourselves by by using technology in a way and that's what i that's why it got me into the use of ai machine learning and and technology basically how can we use this as biofeedback loops and to help us feel more alive and with the with the planet with the earth and and then obviously i'm guiding those um, meetups at the garden like probably over well over 100 now or so over the last three years and trying to keep that garden alive in soho which we will succeed hopefully mm -hmm. so um but uh, that's yeah that's what i think like how can we be you know we can be aware of our internal organs literally it's called interoception and but we're not mm -hmm. trained that way so we're and if we're not trained that way then we're just going to keep ruminating in our thoughts and trying to make judgments about the world where we can always come back to sensing you know our belly breathing our heart rate and it doesn't necessarily take years of yoga practice, which um, like friends of mine like Eddie Stern and, and Wim Hof, and so they've trained themselves that way, but there's easier ways to to be aware of, of this and um, and less rigorous ways. And I think that's it helps to have people something they come back to when like their mind is overwhelmed and then but oftentimes we're not we're not I mean, my parents didn't train me that way. I mean and and, you know, like the schools I was in, they didn't train me like what, what can I do aside from thinking? This is like maybe do a workout or something, but there wasn't anything of come back to your breathing, you know, sense, sense your muscles, relax your right, muscles and, right, you know, right. like breathe in the beautiful air and you know, go to a park. And that's maybe something that would have was, um, was promoted like this, like go outside, but still like not like the focus so much on breathing. And I think there's like, like a lot of, senses we have that are not that are not promoted or not used and not utilized and which will help us mm -hmm. to feel more aligned and i think a lot of like the disconnect and not caring for the planet or maybe saying we care but then our behaviors are not doing that especially Reflective, in the art world there's yeah. so much there's so much trash in the art world i i mean i worked as a studio manager for some top artists and so mm -hmm. much trash been thrown away and fashion as well there's so much that got thrown away and it's just because always like it's about the artwork it's about the collector it's about the museum and then it's not really like a recycling process and making no. i mean some artists take that into consideration but very few i think so I, but it also comes yeah. from like those the art world not feeling integrated i think like in in whatever is being practiced there helps like human culture thrive it's always just like how does it help that gallerist or that artists to thrive so it's like a lot of ego mm -hmm. and a lot of um disembodied horrible, practices horrible, horrible well you know that <laughs> i i i try to think that 
when I come back to the artist that it gives me some hope for the art world. But you're right. Sometimes yeah. I meet with artists and just the whole me, 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 it just, yeah. it drowns me in me. And I just think to yeah. myself, well, they, they must have so much work to do to get beyond the me. If all they can do yeah. is think about me. I mean, that's a lot of freaking work still to be done on themselves. Yeah. Oh, painful. Yeah, I think I just did the me. I, I think it's so, so, I mean, I, I follow politics quite passionately these days because it's so fascinating like what's happening just in front of our eyes and i think it's just an extension of this me culture where somebody is obviously not able to self-regulate is obviously changing his mind and lying and and it's just motivated by his own you know not even his own sanity or well-being just just like literally his ego and mm -hmm. the ego of his family and puts that above everything um, mm -hmm. including the standing of this country in the world and, and a lot and separating this culture and, um, uh, safety, this country, sadly, safety. safety, safety, especially like so much like racism that comes up. And I, and I, mm -hmm. I see it also like the art world is not really, I mean, except for criticizing it or so oftentimes, I mean, the, the mainstream art world is not really contributing to a more unified culture and society and offering something not that is actually going beyond the the judgments and beyond the the like because then every judgment is oftentimes like a like a reinforcement of like separational ten separating tendencies right. and so mm -hmm. how can we actually do something that brings people together and I think the president before you know at least like i might not you know be a fan of a lot of the policies and stuff but at least there was like some you know always like the notion of bringing people together but it's it was also still back then like a very visual and tech culture driven and I think there was not a lot mm -hmm. of regulations to how those tech gets implemented. And obviously Facebook helped to get this um, president elected and, mm -hmm. and like the whole tech and art world culture is very driven by like me, me, me and supporting that and that like ego and that self instead of like so many other cultures, you know, I mean, you, you mentioned Scandinavian cultures, but I think, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, Scandinavian cultures oftentimes put society first. So you like, it's normal that you pay mm -hmm. taxes that you, but I think there's a lot of African, South American, Asian cultures that yes. very have yes. that very like very Society first thing first. you do is like is community mm -hmm. and and building mm -hmm. community and helping community strive and not like the yep. ego. And so you're part of you you, you use your ego to help that yep. community yep. and that culture. Yep. And um, yeah, and this our world kind of exemplifies how that's not <laughs> necessarily the case. Um, yeah, but, uh, I, I mean, think there's like recent... there's, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, I, I think there's like there's definitely really wonderful people working in the art world. So I just want to say um, gratitude to their work, even though they might not be mainstream and they might not be fully supported. I just want to. They're listening. I, I please keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> there's yeah, there's so many like good people to, working in the arts. Yeah. <clears throat> please, when we get off of this call, send me some of their names. My list is getting okay. short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, I think we spoke a lot. Is there anything you're working on now in a, a public space that people might be able to attend or go to? I don't know, maybe one of your breathing classes or maybe an exhibition of the photographs, or I'm not sure what you're going to do next, but anything you want to yeah. tell people before we sign off? Um, yeah, thank you for asking. I, I do have a weekly meetup at Elizabeth Street Garden on every Saturday at 1 p.m. 11 minutes, so 1.11. 11. 
And I have other workshops always um, usually promoted on social media or my website. But people are always like, if they want to see some of my photos or paintings or like the technology we have, like the virtual reality projects, there's one called Seeing Breath, like this, like the ocean, C-S-E-A-I-N-G, Breath. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also on my website. I have that at New Ink, those devices. If people want to just experience them, they can come by. It's kind of a um, publicly accessible incubator if somebody knows somebody inside. Right next to the new museum, I'm always happy to to demo things there to people and to yeah to help them to exhibit them or to promote other artists in that incubator space or colleagues of mine and who work on similar things. They might not necessarily have the promotional capacities or passion for it, but they they are there and they're doing beautiful work and they might not be out there so much because they care so much for. Um, for people and what they're doing and like it's a new ink the community i can highly recommend there's a lot of artists and members on their website too and mm-hmm. um yeah i don't have any like art exhibitions right now on the horizon i think but mm-hmm. um a lot of stuff is but digitally out there and I'm also, yeah and like, me, and so like, um hannes band h-a-n-n-e-s-b-e-n-d s uh, like hannes like with an s at the end mm-hmm. and then band.com um, but yeah, people are always like welcome. I'm always happy to chat. Um, reach out to me via email or messages or something. And um, yeah, I, I like to to chat. And people are interested in art. Like what what got me to this point? Because I I was like, uh, yeah, I was, I was quite successful at some point with in, international solo exhibitions and stuff like that. And I was never happy. I always felt like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? <laughs> Instead of just feeling just happy and grateful what i've experienced mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, and helping mm-hmm, others mm-hmm. to strive so mm-hmm. um i am almost happy to share those experiences and then motivate others to maybe take a little, slightly different path than what is what is laid out right now in in um what's what's oftentimes called the art world and so there's so many ways we as creators might be even if if we get recognized or not but that that what we're doing has has a positive influence in the world and we will later be recognized cuz i think those are hopefully the things that will that will, um, you know, remain the, the beautiful work yes. we can have in, in this world. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Well, I do think everyone has to find their own path. I mean, I, I agree with you. I feel the same that at some point, if someone had told me, well, there's a simpler way, you don't have to do all of that, blah, 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 fancy stuff. Uh, I would have been mm. like, but why not? You know, I, I'm doing it and I, I'm having fun. But still, I want to yeah. see what's next. Uh, I think everyone yeah. figures out eventually on their own. Uh, yeah. Even though we t- tell them or try to help them, they have to do it on their own. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, well, I thank like, you for this. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but, just like, but it's I, always, I always like... Love to be, it's a, I, I've been motivated mm-hmm. a lot by people who, who've done a different path because it's not, not necessarily mm-hmm. so visible that there are other ways than to go to like mm-hmm. ego, me route, as you, you said. And so... Um, just hearing how other people were navigating that and everybody had their own paths, but I think it's a lot about inspiring and motivating each other sometimes to, to find the courage and, uh, and remain driven in, in, uh, in alternative ways of, of creative practices, I think. That's and cool. to be open to alternative ways. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Uh, so true. <sighs> Yeah. Well, Yay, thank you thank so you. much. I mean, I haven't seen you for a while, but uh, this oh, yeah. uh, short conversation has really uh, reaffirmed uh, my 
understanding of art and my enjoyment of it and my commitment oh. to it. At the end of the day, you know, uh, this is what art should be about. Helping people, connecting mm. people, uh, channeling stuff from the earth, from the spirit out to other people, make everyone's lives better, not just make a buck. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, no, and thank you so much oh, for, for doing this podcast and being a friend and, and a supporter yeah. and, and, you know, being involved in the arts and co-creating art culture um, in a way that is meaningful and has, yeah, just like, it's like the true fosters curiosity and, and care and um, it's really so necessary. Please keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, I'll let you go now and we'll catch yeah. up again sometime soon. Okay. okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Join us next week for an episode with Swiss artist Clarina Bezola. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy her interview as well. She tells us everything about her practice and her history here uh, working in New York for the last 30 years. Thank you from the Bees and Honey podcast. Thank you.